got the new uh, intro music, man. Um, little change in the guard. No more pumps in the bump. Awesome. That's done. Uh, probably not till Monday or Tuesday. Oh, okay. It's just cool. easier for uh, what the setup is right oh, now. I got State you. basketball. Okay. Yeah, throw it, keep, keep me on my toes, man. But uh, good segments there with uh, Kenny Wilhite talking about the intricacies of coaching and uh, player development and team development and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I guess we could dive into a little bit of the uh, basketball game. Uh, since we didn't really get to get into it yesterday, but uh, you know the Huskers going down to Michigan State, um, we did it a little bit yesterday, but I think it was just a tale of a four-minute run of Michigan State, four to six-minute run, and a lack of run there for Nebraska. And I think the biggest thing that they could do is watch that whole game, which when they started to kind of get out of their own or get you know get in their own way is probably cringeworthy. Um, Penn State, you know. Well, fortunately for Penn State, but unfortunately for Nebraska, had a huge victory against Northwestern because if Penn State would have lost and say Wisconsin, if everything kind of stayed pat and say those three teams that were jockeying for that 10th spot mm. all lost two games. Now, Wisconsin has the easiest path, most likely lose tonight against Purdue, most likely beat Minnesota at the end of the game at the end of the year. Um, but you just never know. But if everybody lost two games and Nebraska still stays pat, but Penn State had a huge victory. Um, on the road, so it's almost like a you know losing a game and a half. But the best thing Nebraska can do is control the controllable, and they control how they prepare, how they deal with that loss, um, and how they deal with how they lost, and then use all that and put all their effort in going into Iowa City and upsetting uh, Iowa, and you know, in their last home game, and it's and it's a team that they can beat. They match up well. I think they match up better against Iowa than they do Michigan State. Um, and the reason why that is, I think Michigan State – well, Iowa has some shooters too, but, you know, I think Iowa – even though Murray's good, but I think when you have Hauser, who's, you know, potentially a future lottery pick, Walker, who's probably better than Iowa's guards. Um, that, Hogard is too. Yeah, Hogard is too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got two really good guards, good forward, um, and then Atkins as well. So you got three guards and a forward, whereas Iowa, I think – you know, Greasel matches up with, uh, you know, whether it's Murray uh, or one of the McCaffrey brothers, and then C.J. Wilcher does as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have more, like, tangible, you know, kind of matchups to where Nebraska can, be, you know, play well. But Iowa's playing really well offensively. Um, and I think inside, Derek Walker matches up with their big guy, uh, number zero as well. So uh, it was unfortunate, you know, obviously. But then, uh, you know, you can't, you know, cry, you know, you can't you know, cry over spilled milk and, and – uh, you got to figure it out, and I don't think it changes my outlook on the team. I know a lot of people, will, you know, always are on a game by game basis. Nebraska wins; it's a great job by Fred. Man, you know they're really dealing with adversity with two of their starters out. You know they've had some big victories, the most they've ever had in the Big Ten, the best that Nebraska has been playing at this point in a season in a long time. And then as soon as they lose a game, it's like they have no leeway. Right. As soon as they lose to a Michigan State team that. I don't know if they missed a three in the second half. Um, oh, I don't know. Then they start to go to revisionist history uh, in year one and two, you know, mm-hmm. which is so – which you have to take into account. But do you see improvement essentially from, say, like the last quarter of the season last year with a whole different team and this team? That gives you probably more of a real-time um, snapshot or picture into – you know what they got going on and so um you know Nebraska will play well they'll, they'll go and compete and you know that's just who they are but you know they you need to find out 
and and understand how they lost that game and then uh you know uh refocus and re re-energize and um you know i think it'll be i think that it'll be a big challenge and it'd be good for them to get get on the road maybe that'll give the give them the focus that they need mm-hmm. it, it was nice to have that stretch of home games in february after six of the nine on the road in right. january but it's never bad to go on the road even to a place like iowa city i mean right. i'm sure plenty of husker fans will try to make the trip sure. uh husker fans do not fraudulently buy tickets like the illinois student section tried to do did you hear about that story yeah yeah, yeah. don't do that buy your tickets straight up be legit um but yeah to go on the road where you know everyone's against you got to create your own energy a little bit you can go be the bad guy right and that's where I think you want to kind of, you know, egg Iowa on a little bit. Right. They're going to be playing motivated for revenge. Right. Because they think they're, they were better than you. They know they think they just didn't shoot well, and that's all it was. But I'm with you. I think Nebraska can match up pretty well right. against Iowa. The issue is that Iowa can do what Michigan State, State did right, and yeah. hit 12 of 17 threes in the yeah. second half. So it, it can't take just 20 minutes. It's going to have to be Before, a whole 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, 40 minutes. And, um, you know, I think uh, – you know, it's a big challenge. I think, you know, these are two teams that styles. Actually, I think Michigan State, you know, Nebraska, I think Michigan State's a overall more physical team mm-hmm. than than Iowa, which I think wore Nebraska down a little bit, um, especially with Big 22 in there. They're physical uh, and they were fast. fast. They and, run. Yeah, and and, and yeah, I think it's number zero, the other mm-hmm. big guy. So they kind of came at you in waves, and they're big, bulky guys where Iowa, I think they, I, I just think they're a little bit more finesse, right? Um, oh, they play like it. Yeah, <laughs> they always have under yeah, Fran. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. more finesse. And so, you know, when you have a team that gets hot shooting in Michigan State and they beat you up inside and they're physical in how they play and they D you up and they mm-hmm. – so they, you, you you playing on both ends, you can kind of wear down a little bit. And that's where you saw a lot of Nebraska shots. Maybe it was just, you know, coincidence, hitting the front of the rim. You know, not really – you know, they weren't um, reboundable misses, as, as I like to say, where it's like, oh, man, that was a shot that, you know, kind of, you know, rimmed a couple times and went out. That's mm-hmm. To me, that's a – you know, rim might be tight, you know, just a little centimeter off. It's a swish. But when you're hitting, you know, back of the iron, front of the rim, you know, you see a little a little tired legs there. And so um, I think sometimes, you know, like you can get too comfortable at home. And I think mm-hmm. you, you can also become too dependent on the crowd. Um, you know, I hate it for – we hate it with senior night. Number one is because of the guys that, you know, went, went out there. They weren't able to win their last game. But then number two, I think that kind of messes up the momentum of the game, which – Senior night needs to happen. I'm not trying to say it doesn't. But when you're trying to take a huge step against a veteran-led team, veteran-led program by way, uh, Tom Izzo, it's going to be hard. But uh, You need business as usual because business as usual had been right, working. Right. You need business as usual and you need less distractions as possible, less distractions that you need, and less um, refocus on – just focus on the game and you don't have to focus on everything else. But it's a learning experience. I think they're going to go on the road and do well. Um you know, expect them to win, and um, and then they'll you know try to make some noise in the Big Ten. I think that you know everything that they want to do, realistically, can be there. And, and um, ideally, it would have been a great to beat Michigan State, but they didn't. And then uh, you know they'll handle their business from there. And then you know it's it's not a bad thing, I would say, but it's a it's a you know a good thing that people are starting to talk about the state of the program and hold you to a higher standard than everything before. It's just that the sense of reality of Nebraska basketball, I think lose they, they've lost their mind because they don't even like, you know, you can't, you know, they, they try to, I think they try to evaluate Nebraska basketball as like we're Kentucky. Mm. And yes, what we're doing right now, maybe Kentucky S in Nebraska, recent basketball history, 
But ultimately, you have to look inside and, and what's tangible. Do you trust Fred to do this again? And are you going to maybe change the expectations? We can't do this every year, right? Because it's not sustain sustainable. Can we, you know, do you trust them to recruit and get some guys so where you can kind of be like Iowa? And mm -hmm. you got one Murray, and then the other one's coming. You know, and it doesn't have to mean that they're brothers. You got one there, one there. You kind of know. You see Dix, who's a local kid from Council Bluffs. He's going to be their next kind of McCaffrey, next kind of guard that's going to be, you know, 12 to 16, 17-point scorer. And he's just a freshman, but they're working him in. You know, can we do that to where we're kind of building a program and, uh, you know, so forth and so on, because that's the way you're going to win in the Big Ten. You're not going to win on the, mm -hmm. win year in and year out in the Big Ten transfer portal and then just kind of going junior and senior, junior. This It just will – the bubble will pop. So, um, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more than that, but that's just the way people are. They do it with football all the time. Um, and that's the thing. It's basketball. It's football. Baseball even. I mean, yeah. volleyball we've seen. Right. You need programs, right? right? It can't just be a team ever. Right. You need a – Program. program you need that stability something to build to a standard to refer back to right that wins right you have to have a you're, you're completely right you need a program you need a basketball program men's and women's men's and women's a volleyball program you need a baseball program a softball program a football program where the standard is already set that doesn't mean just because you don't reach that standard one year we need to blow it up or the running backs don't play good one year we need to get rid of austin and then, you know, so forth and so on. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, now if you see some things that uh, are affecting on the field, that's when you kind of got to blow it up. And ultimately, you know, that's sometimes what gets in the way, you know, what you do. And, and if you can, you know, I, the one thing I, I generally say, you know, about coaches these days, regardless if you think a coach is good or not, right, if they're getting paid a lot of money, Essentially, they're always going to think they're the smart. They're always going to – because whether – I don't know. I'm not a big into subconsciously or consciously, but I guess subconsciously, even if you're in there trying to help them, mm -hmm. they really won't – unless they have a lot of humility, they really won't want your help because mm. I'm getting paid $9 bucks. I'm going to do it my way. That's why I'm getting paid $9 bucks. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that get paid $9 bucks that depend on a lot of people. Um and that's probably why they got to the point to make nine million bucks. So if you if you get don't get if you don't get out of your own way, you'll 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 end up you know losing out on an opportunity. And so um, you know whether it's Nebraska football, basketball or not, I think really the biggest thing um, that I would be looking for is see. Well, I think what people uh, right around here media. I don't know. We want to throw me into it or whatever, but I just don't look at it just because I've had pro experience. I grew up around coaches. I mean, Bud Grant used to be at my house all the time, so I talked to him all the time. His son coached me. <laughs> then I'm lucky enough to come to coach with Osborne, coach with Brighton, all. That. So I've been fortunate to be around. Jerry Burns mm -hmm. is a god, you know, a godparent, you know, and he's longtime Vikings uh, coach. He has one of the best rants of all time. You can't play it on <laughs> air because there's so many f bombs, but. Um, but you know, when you think about it, you got the it's it's still a people person led business. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's like, you, like when you're a head coach, it's the person. Can he lead? Can he motivate? Can he adjust? Can he hold accountable? Can he? It, it, it's not an X's and O's anymore. 
You know what I mean? Because if you want an X's and O's, if you want somebody just to draw up a whole bunch of cool plays, you could just really go online and get somebody that plays in those Madden leagues. Seriously. Really. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's, you know, obviously tongue-in-cheek. It's not, <clears throat> you know, I'm saying there's a lot of smart minds out there. But there's some guys that can only be, like, play designers, and there's some <laughs> people that can be – Actually coaching. Uh, actually coaching because mm-hmm. actually you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. And you're teaching – if you have a roster full of 125 kids – those are 125 different students, 125 different family members, 125 different knuckleheads. Some are on the maximum, some are more on the super minimum. But even though somebody that doesn't give you any problems, he still needs to be attended to. Because if you don't attend to him, then hey, he, problems he can, might pop up. Right. Or he might you know, be, be wondering. A lot of coaches these days don't understand athletes because they don't understand people because mm-hmm. they're so fixated on themselves. And this is not everybody. Some coaches – um, that if you don't understand the person, then you're not going to understand the player. Right. They just want to worry about the player. And this is also in high school as well. You got a lot of high school coaches that aren't – okay, here's an example. I was talking to my high school coach back at home. Like they used to take pride and call in and say, Austin, or, you know, say like Austin's coming in and say you're from uh, Indiana University and you're coming in town – you know, and you know, it, whatever. Well, he would say, hey, look, I know you're here to say see Jay Foreman, but, you know, this Kenny Wilhite dude, you know, he's a sophomore. He's a junior. You know, if he really has a good uh, uh, summer, I want you to really look out for him. Or he's a guy that really had a really good year, you know, from his junior mm-hmm. to senior year. Well, you might not offer Kenny or Jay Foreman, that, whoever that person is, or the players, but you know three or four other coaches, say for that, you know, it might be, Purdue, which, you know, say is a step down, or like Indiana or Indiana State or Northern Illinois, right, that can give them a chance. And coaches used to take pride in picking up the phone and helping the process. Now I think a lot of coaches come in, what can you do for me? Like, I want the player, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not developing the person, which then therefore you're not developing the player. Do you think the egos have always been there like that? Do you think the money has amplified it? I mean, on the pro level, I mean, sure. I mean, it's. I mean, if you let it get to your head, sure. And so, and but then it's the person, though. Mm. Look, let's let's backtrack this. Okay, <laughs> every athlete, okay, has an ego. Yes. Okay. Have to. If you aren't confident as an athlete, you ain't gonna be successful. No. Okay, that's number one. Um, every coach has an ego. If you aren't confident as a coach, I am not gonna play for you. If you're yeah, like, I don't can sniff that like, out. Like, like, if you say, hey, you know, wh- hey, coach, what are we going to call on third down? I don't know. I don't, any, everything on my sheet doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Well, the, I'll hey, go over well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, you, you know, you know, run whatever you want, ready, break. That, that's not, so everybody has an ego, everybody has confidence. When you become arrogant, that's, con- in my opinion, that's confidence with ignorance. That means you just can't. Listen, you can't mm-hmm. adjust. You just feel like you just need placeholders and you just, you know, like it's just all everybody's there to serve you. A lot of times the, the best coaches are people that serve others, head coaches, mm-hmm. right? That's why they talk about coaches coaching trees because they served all those guys. You know what I mean? Now, it all starts with having the coaches that want to be, have the qualities for them to be on your staff, but generally you're picking them because of the – the people and the person that they are in their profession. Mm-hmm. You know, I doubt Bill Walsh went and got coaches that 
didn't really want to be in the office or didn't want to motivate <laughs> players. I mean, right. you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. mean, so then, therefore, those coaches are going to get those same players. And so that's how you go about it. Now, whoever taught Bill Walsh probably, you know, it started there. Bill Walsh obviously took it from there. Then that's where the whole coaching. But there's a lot of coaches that have coaching trees, both in college and the pros. And and so generally it starts everywhere. And they're, all of them are confident. All of them, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, or extremely confident. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like when you're arrogant, I figure, I figure, I think you have a little bit of arrogance to you. And, and sometimes, you know, and I'll say this, sometimes you can be given too much too quick and you become arrogant and then you get knocked down. Then you got to be humbled. And there's nobody better than to say that at least in some form or fashion, I got humbled and you look no further than Lane Kiffin. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, Quit the football team at Fresno State, got a coaching job, coached at USC, was a tight end coach, became an NFL head coach, right, at like 30-something years old, mm-hmm. left there, went to head coach at Tennessee, messed up there. Um, oh, then, he went, then he went to USC, or he left there and then went to USC, USC. got fired on the tarmac, and had a whole bunch of other stuff he was you know doing outside of it. And then he went down to Alabama, I wouldn't say out – outwore his welcome but went back and forth but he did lane got it together you know mm-hmm. i think it was a good marriage for him i think nick saban needed him for the offensive knowledge and he needed it, nick saban it, for the it, discipline it, it, more than and the structure mm-hmm. and how to and the clean and to clean up your resume mm-hmm. um and then he goes to what, florida atlantic does really well with there really well there and then he's more prepared to go to to mississippi or mississippi right mm-hmm. university of Ole miss to the point that where they're paying him top dollar and he didn't take the – he didn't leave them when he very well could have and mm-hmm. went for, I'm assuming, more money at Tennessee and all these other schools. He stayed packed, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So that lets you know he had some humility. Now, granted, I'm sure he had people around him. His dad's a longtime coach and it all worked out. So that is that on a Thursday. And now we're back over heading back down to uh, PBA. You got semi semifinal class B, right? Or not? Yep. Uh, uh, quarters for quarters. Class B. My bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six o'clock and seven forty-five game, and uh, my man Nick is going to be lighting up your airways. So we'll be back tomorrow with old school. Appreciate you guys listening.